Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Philadelphia-based jazz pianist Warren Evans of the jazz supergroup, The Bat Plus. We caught up with him on May 1st, 2020, about this new COVID-19 lockdown world of no live music, how it started, what has been happening, and the future. The Bat Plus is a jazz trio from Minneapolis, and they play to huge crowds all over the world, and now things are silent. But it will begin anew, and we talked to Warren all about this. Enjoy. I'm going, hanging in there. Man, it's a weird time, isn't it? Definitely, definitely, definitely. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah. I've always wanted to catch up with, with you guys at the Bad Plus. I know we talked about your career and all of that, and I guess I'm kind of reaching out to musicians as many as I can during this very strange time. I'm trying to be very proactive about making sure that I put things out about how we can support the community. I mean, I think right now, a lot of light in this darkness is coming from artists, and I think we need to recognize that. I think music, visual arts, TV, and film is really just as essential as the essential workers in this country. I think it's mental health is huge, and I think what you guys do is paramount to, to keeping humanity humming and thrumming. I appreciate it. No, I, under, I understand. <laughs> um, where exactly are you located? Are you in Philadelphia right now? I live, yep, I'm in Philadelphia. Okay. At home, and we came right from... Chicago. Chicago was actually the last place, uh, last gig I did before the pandemic, and then uh, been home, just trying to figure out <laughs> the new norm. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. So, I guess that's the thing. Kind of as, as we get into this, this is kind of it'll be centric to you know what's going on right now and the hopeful future that's that's coming up. So, give me an idea of how all of this kind of started settling in when you knew that something was up, gigs were getting canceled and where we're, we're at right now. I mean, honestly, I, I, I saw this coming and well, I don't want to say I saw it coming, but yeah, I guess that is the only thing I can say. Honestly, I was preparing for this in February. I, I didn't think it would get this bad, but I did have a conversation at one point with our management and I said, hey, we should start looking at the summer, <laughs> what's going to happen, because I, I honestly felt, I was like, we're not going to Europe. I mean, you know, most of our summer for any, you know, touring musician is spent uh, in Europe or in uh, Asia, you know. So at that point, back in February, I was like, we're not going anywhere. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And and I kind of was preparing for that. But even though I was saying that, this is going to sound weird, I didn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. I hear you. Yeah. And yeah. so when when it was time, and, and I was, in a, was playing at the Green Mill in Chicago, and we landed, and I, I you know, the Green Mill, if anyone doesn't know, is uh it's one of the most you know one of the premier places for that I enjoy playing in um Chicago it's just like it's like home it's like playing at home and I've never played there to an empty to an empty place it's always crowded so that weekend whatever month whatever and uh we were all just like wait a minute this is deep and next thing you know we're uh rushing to get home, you know? And yeah. and then and then we're in this. So for me it took 
it was like a week of what the, you know what I mean? Like a week of like, okay, well, what's going to happen? Then I had a second week of, you know, the second week was like, okay, this is what's going to happen. And honestly, as far as the bad plus goes, the level of acceptance was different for each of us. You know, I mean, there was Dave who was like, this can't be happening, <laughs> you know, to, to, and we'll be right back out. Every, I mean, I don't know how many musicians. I was talking to another one the other day, and I was like, yeah, man, nobody's touring in July. He's like, you think? I said, yeah, man, we're not touring. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there were still some people that were thinking it was, you know, we might do this. You know, and for Reed, it was very similar. It was like it, the way he accepted it was probably really fast. It was just like, in, but it took a second. And the day that he did, he was just like, okay, <laughs> this is what's yeah. going and, and, and But the thing with it that we all have to be very careful of is like what happens next, you know, all across the board because you know the reality is the music will start up again and when i say the music i don't mean that literally i mean all across the board everything will start back up again but it's going to be different and we we have to prepare for that you know some people are going to come out of this and not be musicians anymore this yeah. is definitely some people are going to come out of this uh you know artists and say look i, I can't this was some scary shit because it is. It's, yeah. it's this is that this is that bullshit that we saw in, and I don't mean Corona, but what we're living right now. This is that bullshit that we saw in 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 you know sitcoms back when I used to watch a lot of sitcoms, and it was always that you know new boyfriend that came up that was a musician, and the joke would be, "Oh man, don't date him. He's a musician. He's gonna be broke." And mm. and now you know. I, thank God I'm, I'm, you know, 45 years old, and I've been able to sustain my life, my family. You know, I have two grown men as kids. I've been able to do all that playing music. And now, right now, like at, right in the middle, there was no warning per se. You know, it all falls from under you. So now we're living that time. But that same, you know, that got us through the same spirit that got us through when those sitcoms were saying it wasn't cool to date a musician, <laughs> you know, or uh, a starving artist or all those terms. The same thing that got us through is what has to get us through this. This is just now, you know, and the ones that come out of this and they're like, it's, kind of, it's no different than high school, to be honest, or even college. When you, when I went to college and music was a major, you know, I knew <laughs> You know, it's kind of like that. Uh, I have all these analogies, but they all make sense. <laughs> it's kind of like the <laughs> beginning of fame when Debbie Allen, well, it makes sense to me, when Debbie Allen was saying, you know, her whole thing, she's banging on it, talking to the dance, the dance classes. She basically said, some of you all won't make it through these four years. Some of you will. Some of you will put in the hard work. Some of you won't. And that was the same way when I was in college. There's people I went to college with that on the first day were killing jazz pianists or killing jazz vocalists that now either own a music store or decided to do something else totally because that sense of security scared the shit out of them. And right now we're all in the middle of that. 
you know, we're all in the middle of that. If, you know, who knows who made it, had investments that's going to get them through. Because basically, you know, we're going to, we're not playing for a while, <laughs> you know, outside of the online concerts and thing like, things like that. We're not going to play for a while. So we have to find the light in all this darkness, but we have to plan and we have to fight. We have to fight through this. And, and, and the fight is not, for me, the fight is just every morning I wake up and find a purpose. Like today, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'll update my, my band camp page. Because we can all find a purpose, depending on how you're living, you can all find a purpose around the house. You say, okay, you know what? I'll, I'll shampoo the rugs. I've never gotten a chance. I can clean out my office. I can organize my CDs. I can alphabetize my, my records. All of that is cool. But what what I'm trying, for me personally, I have to find purpose in music, you know, so that I don't lose that love, you know. So I'm like, okay, let me continue to write for a while. I couldn't, for the first few weeks, I couldn't even listen to music because listening to music made me want to go play it, you know, and there was nobody to go play it with. So I literally had to find the purpose, and that's what I've been trying to do, and I, I hope that was I kind of went on my soapbox, but I didn't derail anything you were going for. That's kind of what I'm doing to get through it, finding my purpose and just whether it's updating your website, whether it's managing your – whatever it is that still has something to do with your career so that when you get out of this, you're still going. You know, you're the first person and a lot of people I've talked to that actually – your reason for not listening to music was different from mine. It was just too painful. I love listening to KCSM out of San Francisco, and I literally couldn't listen to it for a couple of days. It was just, my, my brain was just spinning. I couldn't do it. So, and then, you know, of course, once you do that, you got to pick up your pieces. But I think the thing that, that's, all, that's been reassuring to me talking to jazz musicians and covering this high art for as long as I have is that at the end of the day, you all have a tenacity and you're not in this for the money. You're in this for something different, for the art, for the integrity of it. So talk to me a little bit about the jazz community and kind of that notion of you all do this in a different way from other artists as far as I'm concerned. You, you, you all are really the ultimate survivors. You, jazz is about improv. This is the highest level of improv. Our life right now is improv. You have to make it through this. I mean, so what do you think about those notions? I mean, I, I, first I, I agree um, as far as we have to make it through and how we're going to make it through. But one of the things I've also had to realize is outside of jazz, whatever you decide to call it, outside of piano, you know, outside of music, outside of the lead sheets, outside of all of that, this is my business. This is, if I had opened a candy store, or, or if I had opened an auto, whatever, I'd have to have a business plan. I would have gone, you know, if I didn't have the funds, I would have gone to a bank and I would have gotten a loan to start my business. And, 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 you know, although I go to work and I have fun and it is a blessing to do what I do, it is a business. Uh, one of the things that I've had to come, I was actually talking to my wife this morning about it. Uh, <clears throat> yes, this is what we play. This is music, you know. Uh, and it's not, and, I, and not just jazz. There's other artists out there playing other genres of music, and and it is impro improvisational music, all of that. And and we have to stay creative. But the other part of it that we have to come become comfortable with, and 
basically due to those those similar things I just said, you know, starving artists and, and what we've been told that we are, we don't think of it as a business. And this is a business. We, we You know, we feed families off of this just like someone who gets up and goes to, to the office every day. So fine for me to feel comfortable with still selling my product through this time. You know, it, it's funny, like, I've heard a lot of artists say, you know, I just really want to give back during this time. And, you know, I, I feel, and, and I was, I am that person to a certain extent. I feel bad about charging for lessons during this time because everybody's broke. Yeah, but some people are working from home and those people, people if you're broke, then don't come do a lesson. <laughs> the other, the other part is I have to pay when I go to the grocery store. The grocery store is not giving away free food during this time. You know, I got my, something's wrong in my car. I got to take it to the auto mechanic. Auto mechanic's not giving away free food. So at the same time of us wanting to, to share music and share our art, that's great. But we also have to remember and be comfortable with the fact that it is a business. I got a brand new record of my big band coming out today, and, and I struggle with even posting it because you get people's opinion like, oh, well, you know, I mean, everybody's broke. Why do you want to try? You know what? I, I'm still going to be playing when this is over, whatever that means. Whether I'll be sitting at a piano playing with, with gloves on and a mask, whatever, I'll still be playing music when this is over. So I'm not going to be a tree that falls in the forest that no one hears. You know, whatever happened to that fourth big band record that Oren um, Evans did? Whatever happened to that, that record that came out of, of a bad plus during the pandemic? No, we can't have that happen. We still have to act like we are... We're in a business, and I mean, and we are a business. We are, and what we do is okay to sell during this time. You know, I mean, everything else is okay. When the liquor store opens up, the liquor store is not giving away free liquor, and we run out and get that bottle. You know, why can't you run out and get that CD? <laughs> you know, or why can't you run out and, and, and support a live concert online just like you would anything else that you have to buy during a pandemic? So a bit in a short version of what you just asked me, me trying to, and, and even though I said all that, I'm one of those artists struggling with it too, struggling with the fact that we still have to look at ourselves as a business and, and keeping our business, you know, above water during this time. If my barber started cutting hair, I'd pay him. I wouldn't go get a free, free haircut. Yeah, without a doubt. You know, the one thing, too, that I, that's been brought to my attention during this process is that, you know, out of extreme levels of tension, whether it's, you know, when John Coltrane was doing a Love Supreme, the race riots that happened, a lot of clubs were burnt down. It was the end of a war. When Bebop was born, it wasn't out of commercial interest. It was done because they felt it in their soul. What do you feel about that right now in this world of, of this adversity, about doing it because... It's just inside of you. What, what, do you have any thoughts on that of innovation, new idioms, things that might come out of something like this that's been so bad? I'm looking. I, mean, I don't want to lie and make something up, but I'm looking for it. And when I find it, I know it's going to be something that I, I – uh, it's going to be something great. Um, right now, I'm struggling with seeing it because – some people are, are, are way too comfortable with this isolation. You know, some some people have already been sitting in studios all day, you know, looking at a computer and 
producing tracks and sending them all over. So they're like, oh, this is cool. And I don't want us to become, you know, the the, mu- the music of isolation and quarantine and people are like, well, we can do this without getting together. Uh, so honestly, right now, I am not saying that there isn't a bright light at the end of this. Uh, right now, I'm just, I'm just going to keep walking toward it. I don't know what is <laughs> going to happen when that happens or how, you know, when you, when you talk about the race riots and the end and Love Supreme or or, or every at the end of the Vietnam War at the, and and what music was happening at those at those times, the only difference is the music didn't stop. The music, even though clubs burned down, there was the music didn't stop. Like this this in my lifetime, and probably I can't think of any unless you you know going back to the early 1900s where the music stopped. You know, I mean, there were cabaret cards and people had to, you know, you couldn't play for a second or you couldn't get caught playing. But where the music stopped, the Village Vanguard, which has been open for however many years, early whenever Max opened it, has never been closed this long, ever. So I guess for me, and I'm not trying to sound like Debbie Downer, it's just, you know, to, to look for the light, Right now, I just need to know that there is one, but I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> I'm just not sure yet. Well, let me let me see if I can help a little bit here. And this is just because I've talked to musicians around the world. I did talk to a musician in Denmark, and the kindergartners started school, of course, in safety, safe distances, this last Monday. And they said this summer they are planning on having concerts at a safe distance with 500 or less people. And when I heard that, you know, it's some place in the world, jazz-oriented, that that was happening. That was very reassuring. Um, right. And, of course, it's going to be different all over the place. But I guess that's my next question, to kind of kind of wrap a little bit of this up. We are going to get back, then, and we're shrouded in ambiguity, but what do you hope both musician and audience member gets from this time away from the music? What revelations do you hope that we garner from this? I hope it's just like any other valuable relationship and important relationship and healthy relationship in your life that the time away will realize how important it is to you. You know, I mean, that's really what I hope will happen. That all, you know, even even the people that, that weren't going out checking out music that much, you know, uh, there's certain people who, you know, that, that old saying, those people that say, that's why I keep to myself. I don't go nowhere. I really hope that at the end of this, the importance of of just being out and about and hearing live music and seeing live music will come back. So the time away will hopefully, just like, you know, time away from your, from your, your, your mate. And then you come back and you're like, oh, man, you know, and that's, that's, that's that's also some of the things that some of us are it's actually reversed for some of us touring musicians. This is actually the most time we've spent home in our entire lives. <laughs> most of us. So we're we're getting this getting reacquainted with our kids, getting reacquainted with our, our mates. It it's some beauty in that. And then at the end of this, we get reacquainted with music. So I, I hope that really happens after that that people realize how important that relationship is and they don't take that relationship for granted you know like they don't just go stream everything that they can get for free 
on they understand the importance. Hopefully, when we come out of this, you will realize how important art, not just music, art is all across the board, and we'll find a way to, and I never say, I try to stay away from the word support, but we'll understand how important it is to you because it's your, it's, it's your right to listen to music. It's your right to check out live music. It's your right to get your behind up and have a great record collection, a great CD collection. That's your right. So I hope that at the end of this, everyone will realize, wait, that almost got taken away from us, and I need to get better. I need to get better. I need to make sure some of these gigs are, you know, and, and, and <laughs> still try. You know, I don't want them to you know, get to the point where, oh, hey, such and such is playing in town, but we're in social distancing, so there only could be 100 people at the concert. So I'll go next time. No, try to be, try to be number 101 and get denied. You know, even if you get denied, still try it. Don't be the one that's, I'll go next time. So I hope we, and it's not to advertise my, my record, but it, it leads right up to it. <laughs> the record that's coming out today, oddly enough, is called The Intangible Between. And what that's basically meaning, what that means, is it applies to the poem that's being read on the, poem, on the record. And he basically says, the intangible between I did that and I, why did I do that? And it's, or I didn't do that. You know, like when that moment came, why didn't you just seize the moment or were you supposed to seize the moment? Were you, hopefully at the end of this, end of this, everyone will just go for it. They'll, they'll go for it. They'll go for the love that they have for poetry. They'll go for the love they have for theater. They'll go for the love that they have for music and go out there and get it instead of saying, I'll do it next time. Warren, thank you for being so raw and open about what's going on right now. Um, you know, I'm I'm trying to do my best to put the word out there for all musicians, and I appreciate you putting your voice out here and taking some time out, man. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest cats in Minneapolis, Philadelphia, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Oren on behalf of the Bad Plus for his time, music, and stories. If you want to hear more interviews, go to Famous Interviews with Joe Domino on the iTunes Store. Visit Neon Jazz at YouTube.com. And for everything Neon Jazz all the time, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.